Hey everyone, it's Matt and Curtis Reitzel. I trust you enjoyed this episode. We are the co-founders of the Tri-City Real Estate Investor Club on meetups.com. If you're in the Kitchener, Waterloo, Cambridge, Wellington region, please join our group. We have just shy of 300 members and we'll love for you to be a part of our monthly meetups. Please share this podcast with any friends or family that you think would benefit from listening. Enjoy your day. What's going on, everybody out in Instagram land? How are you going? Heard an Australian agent uh, ask somebody on YouTube, instead of saying, how are you? He asked, how are you going? Anyways, it's Curtis Reitzel here. How's everybody doing? Let's hop into the discussion today. Um, and today I want to talk about, um, with investors, because um, I've been working with, I mean, we work with a lot of investors on our real estate, I mean, on our real estate business, can't even talk right now. We work with a lot of investors on the real estate business and growing their portfolio and their wealth. Um, and one, one thought I just wanted to jump on here and talk about, because if you're thinking about buying investment properties or you are, um, you're, you're, you already do own investment properties or you have a portfolio, you're looking to expand, whatever the, whatever the case is, my sort of overall thoughts about it is always plan for the worst case scenario. And what I mean by that is when you're underwriting the numbers on a potential investment property, whether that's a duplex conversion, whether that's a five unit, 10 unit, 30 unit building, a townhouse, whatever the case is, my advice is always plan for the worst case scenario. And there's a few things I just, I wanna, I wanna kind of pick on real quick. Uh, the first one is underwrite appreciation lower than the averages. Personally speaking, I, I pretty much slash that number in half. So when I'm projecting out for 10, 15, 20 years in the future, 30 years in the future, 40 years, whatever, I'm always, I pretty much slash the historical average of appreciation in half. And historical average for appreciation is around 6%, 6.6%. I, I believe over the past 100 years, real estate has appreciated every year. Um, I, I personally underwrite properties, excuse me, at about 3% appreciation every year. So meaning that, yeah, you know, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, you, you know, percent appreciation could happen the following year but I always underwrite it at 3% because I'm planning for the worst case scenario. So we, you know, when working with clients recently, we're noticing that they're, they're being a lot more, they're being a lot more bullish on their, their underwriting. So they're saying, well, no, it's gonna, it's gonna appreciate at this rate or it's gonna appreciate at that rate. And they're kind of making up numbers that they believe that it's going to appreciate at. And my sort of overall thoughts is you just want to plan for the worst case scenario. I know all of us that are, you know, that are buying investment properties where we're parking a sizable amount of money every single time, whether that's by accessing money on a line of credit, you're refinancing it, or you just have cash. Like for a lot of people, that's, that's hard earned money, right? I mean, for everybody, it's hard earned money. And you don't want to be buying a piece of real estate and thinking that all these, you know, big, big numbers are going to happen to you when at the end of the day, 
just be more conservative with your underwriting. Another part that I want to hit on real quick is be conservative on the rent projections. And what I mean by that is, you know, if you think this townhouse is going to rent out for say 1500 a month in rent, I'm just using a random example, you think it's going to rent out for 1500 a month, then underwrite the property at 1400 a month. Like just underwrite it $100 less than what you think you're going to get or $150 less than what you think you're going to get. Because now you have a bit of you have a bit of wiggle room because if the numbers make sense at 1400 even though you're very certain that you're going to be able to get 1500 well now you can move forward with confidence knowing that you know worst case scenario I'm going to get you know 1400 but more than likely I'm actually going to get 1500 right so this is just thinking thinking differently with your numbers instead of underwriting the property at 1500 and then it barely makes sense at 1500 but then you purchase it, you, you know, you put the property up for lease and then you only get 1400 a month in rent. Well, now for some people that can put them in a bit of a pickle, right? For some people it doesn't. So every investor is different, but this is just thinking about worst case scenario here. And I'm not by any means, I'm not a doom and gloom kind of guy. Like if, you know, a lot of people on here know me well, they know that I'm a pretty positive dude. Uh, but at the end of the day, when it comes to putting your hard-earned money into these, into these properties, you got to make sure you're you're looking at the business side of things, you're underwriting things conservatively, and you're making offers accordingly, right? So that's one thing to think about. And plan for more expenses than expected. When I'm underwriting properties with clients, and I see the you know the listing agent typically you know has some. Um, expense breakdown on the listing that I can have access to and then I can see hydro utilities property taxes insurance um, hot water contracts whatever you know typically what I'm looking at is a very a very cut up expense list and what I mean by that is a lot of it just isn't true like you know for a 30 unit building it's gonna cost the owner $500 a year in water like come on that just doesn't make any sense like it's gonna be more more than likely <laughs> so take take the expenses or the breakdown of numbers that the listing agent gives you with a grain of salt and underwrite them and plan for more expenses because a lot of the times when you're looking at deals the listing agent fails to include a certain expense <laughs> For some reason, it's just not in there. Uh, so it's just a, it's just thinking about the future, thinking about these expenses, underwriting the properties accordingly, because you have to make sure you underwrite the appreciation lower than the averages, just my opinion. Uh, be more conservative on rent projections. So whenever somebody says a number, really question that number and don't question them as a person, just question the number. Uh, plan for more expenses than expected. And then the last but not least I want to point out real quick is that, you know, in Kitchener-Waterloo, Canada, we're definitely in a market that is very, um, it's, it's definitely very in demand. It's more of a seller's market. And for a lot of clients that we're working with, the majority of them, you know, haven't had to sit on a property for three, four, five months while while you know while looking for a tenant 
a lot of them haven't had to do that because they buy it, they close, they either assume tenants that are already paying rent or they, um, you know, they put it up for lease, they hire property management or they do it themselves. And then they have a tenant lined up within a couple of weeks. And so they don't have to deal with an empty property. And as, as markets shift, we have to remember that properties could sit vacant. Like, it could happen. <laughs> and what I'm seeing in a lot of clients when they're underwriting numbers is that they're not really planning for that. So one way to think about this is you have $100,000 to invest. As I'm tossing out numbers, you have $100,000 to invest. Only invest, and that's like your investment dollars. That's not all your money. No, I'm just saying. $100,000 to invest. Only invest, say, 70000 of it, and then keep $30,000 in what I like to call a slush fund. So if something pops up, you know, have to take care of an expense or it sits vacant for a couple months, well, then you're not stressing trying to access money to cover these vacancies. You already have that money set aside and it can just get you through those times because properties could sit vacant 100%. You know, we've had clients even in a very demanding market like Kitchener, Waterloo, the Waterloo region is, we've still had clients that have had properties that have sat vacant for a month or two, right? So it's just something to think about. Overall, just be more conservative underwriting numbers um, than you are, right? If you're active in the real estate market right now, looking to buy more properties, uh, just put a bit, I guess what I'm really trying to say is that we're, you know, you can kind of feel and get caught up in the energy of, the market that we're in and being in such an, and I'm talking for myself locally because I'm from Kitchener, Waterloo, Canada, that we're in a very demanding market. And a lot of the times we can get caught up in that and kind of forget that potentially this might not continue forever. <laughs> and we, we kind of forget about that and we start underwriting deals with higher rents, higher potential, I mean, high, higher potential future appreciation. We underwrite expenses really low because, oh, well, you know, this building's new. It's not going to have any, you know, it's not going to have much expenses, which is a valid point. It's just we start, we start kind of participating in the overall energy of whatever market we're in. And then we kind of forget the fundamentals of actually underwriting properties, income expenses, vacancies, everything in between, appreciation, debt paid on, all these things that are big factors in making a purchase that when we're in, whether it's a really intense seller's market or we're in, say, a really intense buyer's market or if we're even in a balanced market, we kind of start to get into the lull of the energy around us. Because if we were in a buyer's market and nothing was selling or very, or very little amount of real estate was selling, well, what happens is we start automatically underwriting properties way more stricter, right? We start to be a lot more strict under underwriting, but also too, a lot of the times we don't buy anything. When in a buyer's market, arguably speaking, you kind of should be buying stuff because that's when the best deals are. Anyways, I'm going on a bit of a bunny trail there. I trust you enjoyed this episode today, kind of this rant overall discussion. Just be more conservative on your underwritings. Have yourself an awesome day. Hee <laughs> hee.